Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody. This is Chad Madden, and welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today I have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Stephen Franson is a champion of the chiropractic wellness lifestyle, and he has over 20 years of private practice experience, clinical experience. He was listed as one of the top 25 most influential chiropractors in the world in 2017. He is known as a systems guy, which we're going to ask him lots of questions about that. And he's also the founder of The Remarkable Practice, which is a coaching and consulting company that helps doctors create a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life. Welcome to the podcast here, Dr. Stephen Franson. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, thanks for asking me, Chad. I'm excited for today's conversation. Very cool. So, and thank you for being here. Um, first question, uh, most obvious one, which is how'd you get started in chiropractic care? Oh, um, so I've been asked this question so many times. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'll do a thumbnail sketch. So of course, is the one hour version that I I won't make everybody bear through. But uh, long story short, uh, I went through an incredibly trying and challenging experience as a child that turned out to be a great blessing that put me on a great path. Right. So uh, when I was 11 years old, my best friend died of cancer, uh, and I had the opportunity uh, to come alongside him through that whole diagnosis and treatment and um, unfortunately eventual uh, his eventual death. Uh, and during this process, I got to observe, uh, you know, one approach to helping a young man get his health back. Uh, you know, they were brilliant, giving, loving, serving people that were doing everything they could to kill a disease without killing a young man. But unfortunately, in this process, everything that they were doing to him he was getting worse, right? So he'd just get sicker and weaker and sicker and weaker. And it was very confusing, you know, as a young man watching, you know, your friends suffer so much, you know, the hair loss, the bleeding gums, you know, the skin lesions. And just, just if anybody's ever been through that, you, it's the worst experience you could possibly, because it's just a slow death, right? So, you know, I was frustrated and confused. And, you know, I remember asking a question, um, seems like everything you're doing to him, he's getting worse. Is there anything you can do for him? Uh, and, uh, you know, long story short, um, they said, we're doing everything that can be done. Right. So, uh, unfortunately this, this young boy, Patrick, uh, passed. And I remember sitting in the waiting room with my dad, um, just, just after he died and I wasn't making a sound. Uh, and I remember my dad asking me, you know, you know, how are you doing? You know, how's it going? Um, I'm like, I'm all right. He's like, what, what's on your mind? I said, I've decided what I want to be when I grow up. And uh, he said, that's okay. That's interesting. What do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I'm going to be a doctor. And he said, what kind of doctor do you want to be? He said, I don't know, but I'm going to be the doctor that makes people stronger. So fast forward again, and I was in college. I was playing um, uh, rugby in college and I injured my shoulder. And this is where I had an opportunity to um, go through the medical system myself. And I was quite frustrated with the results I was getting and you know, lost 35 pounds of muscle, was on all kinds of drugs. And they told me I needed surgery. I'd lost a lot of, you know, my identity because I couldn't play anymore. I couldn't work out anymore, et cetera. And uh, my dad, that same dad, dragged me to his chiropractor. Uh, and, uh, you know, that poor guy had to put up with me, the educated skeptic, uh, who was already told there's nothing that anyone could do, definitely not a chiropractor. And 
this guy turned me around uh, and corrected my my shoulder by correcting my cervical spine and then teaching me how to rehabilitate my shoulder and um, you know ultimately taught me how the body really works and how the body really heals. And he said something to me at one point when I noticed how much he loved his work and loved his life and how positive he was and excited about and passionate about his work. And that was important to a 17, 18 year old to see an adult who was excited about their work. And he's like, yeah, I'm just the doctor who gets to make people stronger. <laughs> and it was a total God wink. Uh, and at that moment, um, I had made, I, I, the decision was made uh, and I never looked back. Appreciate that story. And uh, yeah, a couple things stood out there for me, but the four versus two um, within the medical profession. Thank you for, very much for sharing that. You wrote a book, uh, The Remarkable Practice. In that, so first of all, huge shout out just to uh, only going through that process myself. I know what it, it's like to go through and actually write a book. You I think birth you a, a book. You don't write a book. You birth a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty brutal uh, process, but you, you published that in um, 2019. The intention is to help uh, chiropractors and healthcare practitioners grow their business. Can you talk about... Um, just how the idea for the book came to be. And um, ultimately then we'll do a deep dive into what's in it. Yeah, easy. Thank you. So, you know, my wife is a chiropractor as well. We met uh, in, at Life University in Atlanta um, 30 years ago. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Very proud of that. Um, uh, yeah, one of my greatest accomplishments. <laughs> Somehow convincing that woman to marry me and she stuck around. Uh, so we ran the original remarkable practice in Boston for about 23 years. We built a massive practice for those of you who may or may not know much about chiropractic, um, average chiropractor in 2019 saw 87 visits per week, meaning 87 unique office visits. Our practice was seeing over a thousand a week. Um, we just built this phenomenal place, uh, that had multiple doctors and awesome teams and great systems and just a serious clinical environment, just committed to great clinical outcomes, um, patient education, really empowering the patients, giving them back responsibility for their health and just delivering world-class care. Um, part of our dream team, team building, um, uniqueness is we, we created this awesome associate doctor program. I had 39 associate doctors over about a 17 year period. So I love coaching people, which is what makes me a great doctor. And I love coaching chiropractors and, you know, it's the ultimate scalability, right? So when you can teach other doctors to do what we've done, right? So that's where I fell in love with this whole idea of coaching, like teaching and training them our system. So I was moving in that direction. But then my, my son, my boy, Samuel, uh, told me he wants to be a chiropractor. So uh, that was enough for me. I had had a book inside of me and I've been procrastinating for probably 22 years of those 22 years to start writing a book. Um, but so I, you know, this was the impetus to sit down and capture um, everything I know about creating a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. So this is a um, guidebook slash love letter to my son. Uh, and I published it as a book for everybody to be able to read. And it is the definitive guide to creating the remarkable practice. Uh, and uh, it is it's literally a comprehensive textbook on you know everything from attraction to conversion to retention to team building to the financial piece, et cetera. I'm super proud of it. And I hope it makes a, a huge impact in chiropractic. It's been wonderful to hear uh, the feedback to date. Great. Uh, I wanna ask you about specifically about some of the tenants that you just mentioned. 
Uh, before we get into that, the, the average clinician or the most common problem with clinicians is we get into practice for ourselves and we very much get lost in treating, you know, working in the business all the time. Many of us are, and I know you've written about this, you've spoken about this. Many of us are trying to get into that, um, essentially the benefits of being a business owner uh, while we're really self-employed and how that robs us, you know, of time with our family or time to focus on our own health, uh, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental health, whatever that might, might be. Um, and we don't lead that really a remarkable life, right? Can you talk about how it's possible to balance both the remarkable practice and the remarkable life at the same time and how they're one and the same? Uh, thank you for asking this question, Chad, because I, I think this is like my purpose in the world is to answer that question. <laughs> so, you know, the reality is um, you use the term balance. Okay. So I think that's the wrong word. Okay. So at the end of the day, if you're going to be a business owner and you're going to be committed to your potential and uh, growing a business and serving humanity through your healing arts, um, balance is a terrible objective, right? So you're, there's going to be times when you're wildly out of balance, right? So I think a better word is alignment. And, you know, you want to achieve alignment between three things. Like I'm, I'm careful not to tell people what success looks like, okay? So um, everybody should have their own vision of success um, and it should be based on your core values, right? Should it, be, it, should be, it, it should come from inside of you. It can't, it can't be projected. I won't project it on you. I'm careful not to do that with my coaching clients. I'm going to just ask everybody not to try to shoulder anybody else's definition of success for you. Um, this is an inside out experience. It needs to be unearthed. Um, I made the mistake of letting somebody else tell me what success looked like for the first 10 years of my practice. And I found myself just smoked. You know, I, I, everybody else thought I was successful, you know, big practice, big house, big life. Right. But we were smoked. Right. And, you know, frankly, the last thing I wanted to do was continue to do that or grow that thing anymore. Right. So that to me is not success. Right. So you start to see, you know, this happen in every industry and in every business owner, you know, first it's you lose your passion and then you, you know, lose your health and then you lose your marriage and you lose, you, you don't know your kids. And it, like, that's just too big of a price. Right. So um, whatever direction I ever give anybody, it's always through the premise that you should be building the business that will support your remarkable life and not compete with it. And that is very mission driven, right? So it's not selfish, it's selfless because ultimately it shouldn't be about a five to 10 year flare out. It should be the net net impact you can make over this glorious 30, 40, 50 year career, right? So to create a sustainable business and a sustainable um, career where, you know, the net net impact that you're going to have is what really matters. Uh, so, you know, that's my sort of disclaimer to what I'm about to say, you know, the big idea is to achieve alignment, right? So I can't tell you what success looks like, but I will tell you where success lives and success lives in a sustainable way. When you can align three things, your core values, which is what's most important to you, your vision story, which is what does success look like to you? and your behaviors. And your behaviors are, how do you choose to invest your four limited resources, which is time, energy, focus, and money? So balance is a terrible goal. It's, it, balance should be used the way a sailor uses the horizon. The horizon is never the destination. They're not trying to get to the horizon. The, 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 the horizon is a reference point for a sailor, right? So it's not meant to be, I'm going to get there, right? So 
that's the same way we should use balance. We should use it as a reference point. We should know when and where in our lives categorically we're out of balance because as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a doctor, you're going to be, there's going to be seasons where you're going to be wildly out of balance with certain things. And as long as you, and if you're sharing your life with somebody, as long as you come together, you have that come to Jesus meeting and you say, you know, based on our core values and our vision story of success, we're going to be in out of balance the way we're investing our time, energy, focus, and money. And two questions, do you think it's worth it? And are you with me? Right. So that when you can do that as a, as a human, as a couple, as a family, that's where success lives. Appreciate that. The, I want to ask you about two of the components specifically. The first one's team building. Then I want to get into marketing systems. So can you talk about um, building the right team, how that relates to uh, living, uh, I want to say the remarkable life. Yes. Yeah. And uh, building yeah, a remarkable <laughs> practice. Um, yeah. So I, I've always thought of successful business building in any industry as having the right people on the bus, which is not a new term, but having the right team there and then also the right systems in place to helping them uh, perform and produce whatever it is we're producing at that time. Can you talk about team building, how you write about it in the remarkable practice and also help how you help doctors um, achieve that within their practice to, to grow and leave that impact? That yeah, it's my favorite topic, honestly. Um, and funny story, it used to be a complete blind spot for me as far as our teaching when it came to our coaching. You know, so our coaching materials, you can find old videos of me go back 10, 15 years and I'm on the stage is saying, you know, it's not that hard. It's attraction, conversion, retention. Right? So it's attract new patients, you know, convert them to care, you know, compel them to invest their time, energy, focus and money into your services to reach their goals. And then retention, which is creating value and delivering value. Right. So it's like that's it. Attraction, conversion, retention. And everybody would be nodding their heads. And when I stepped off the stage or I got on a coaching call or was at the bar after the seminar, people would be sitting next to me and it was like, yeah, 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 all that's good. But can I talk to you about my office manager? <laughs> you know, hey, can I talk to you about, I think my office manager wants to kill me and it's my wife. <laughs> you know, it's like, can I talk to you about my front desk person or my associate doctor, whatever? It's like, it was always about team. That's where all the pain was. And I just, what I recognized quickly was it was my blind spot where I was like, wow, these people do not know how to put together a world-class team. So no matter how perfect your systems of attraction, conversion, retention are, if you don't have the team to execute those systems, you're going to be smashing your head against the wall. And you're going to go through this, you know, really emotional roller coaster ride of elation, depression, as my one of my mentors, Dr. John D. Martini, describes it where, you know, ups and downs and you're going to lose great people. You're going to you're going to have gypsies on your team and your great people won't tolerate that and they'll leave. And, you know, it's ultimately this is an incredibly challenging thing to do. It's the hardest part of business building. But at the end of the day, business building is team building. Team building is business building. So regardless of whether you're a chiropractor, you're a PT, uh, you could be a dentist or orthodontist. It doesn't it doesn't matter? You've got to put together a world class team. So let's um, let's start with the premise. We've talked about these five domains of attraction, conversion, retention, team building, and financials. Um, as an owner operator, you can very often feel like you've got to be awesome at everything. And to your point, you know that's a job. You know that that's when you have a job when you're the person who has to do everything and be awesome at everything. If you want to make the ascension from owner operator to what we call a CEO, which is a you know somebody who is a leader, when you want to make the move from laborer to leader and really own a business and not a job, you've got to embrace the premise that you don't have to be awesome at everything. You got to build a team that's awesome at everything. So 
we have a team building formula that I'm happy to share here. And it's not a new idea. I'm a great curator of great ideas. It's about the four rights, right? So it's about getting the right people in the right seats, doing the right work the right way. So the right people, you know, these are people that share your core values, that buy into your vision story of what success looks like, and they're A players. Getting them in the right seats is wicked hard, right? This is understanding the roles of your business, the different positions, recognizing those positions are simply an organization of responsibilities. Each of those responsibilities requires certain experience, expertise, talent, that's that's a genius, right? There's a specific genius that's going to flourish in that role. You need to know what those roles are, what type of genius that role calls for, so you can put the right person in the right seat. Once you have the right person in the right seat, then it's about getting them to focus on the right things, right? So it's doing the right work. And that's using tools like we have a scorecard with KPIs that we use to get people focused on doing the right work. And then the fourth right is the right way, doing the right work the right way, which of course is training and developing your people. Training and developing your people is far and away the highest return ROI of your time, energy, focus, and money. It is the best use of your time, energy, focus, and money. So getting the right people in the right seats, doing the right work the right way. Completely agree with that. Uh, in almost any industry that I've talked with, especially healthcare service provider, number one leak in a business for finances is underutilized personnel, right? Under, underutilized schedule time. So uh, that's awesome. I wrote that. I, I'm taking notes here um, as fast as I can write, but right people in the right seats, doing the right things and doing it the right way. I love that. Hi, listeners. I think I might have something that you're interested in. Uh, if you are a listener of this podcast, I'm assuming that you're an owner or an aspiring practice owner. And my question for you is, what's the most pressing thing that you're wondering about in growing your practice? So essentially, if you could ask me any question, what would that be? You know, is it something around personnel? Like, you know, how do I handle when team members ask for a raise? Is it something around marketing? Like, should I be advertising on TikTok? Or how often should I be emailing my past patients? Is it something in finance? or practice growth? Well, if you have a question, wouldn't it be great if you could get an immediate answer from me to your question? And I think I have something that you might be interested in. If that does fit the case for you, I uh, might be able to help you out. I'm hosting a live Q&A session for private practice owners, and you'll be able to hop on the call and uh, unmute yourself, have your camera on if you prefer, and ask me any question that you might have related to practice growth. Absolutely nothing is out of bounds. And uh, the the deal is you just need to register for the call. I think we have a limitation on how many people can get in. Um, we are, this is something new that we're launching uh, specifically to the Grow Your Practice podcast, but you do need to register. So there's likely a link um, here or in the uh, getbreakthrough.com page. So you can go there or look in the show notes here for the link, but you do need to register for the next live Q&A session. So what's your most pressing question? You make, make sure that you write that down. What's stopping you from growing your practice and the way that you want to grow it. And then join me in the next live Q&A session. And we'll make sure that you get your questions answered. You also talked about, um, I want to say attraction, but uh, what was the marketing? Term? Attraction. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So you good. talked about attraction first um, it, it, within your three-step sequence that you started with 10 to 15 years ago. Can you walk us through uh, what that is? Because every healthcare service provider wants more people in their area raising their hands saying, yes, I want to schedule an appointment. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, attraction is marketing, right? So the purpose of marketing is lead generation. Okay. So of course, lead generation, um, you want qualified leads coming into your, your business. So let's, let's back it all the way up to the purpose of a business. Like what's the purpose of a business? The purpose of a business is to uh, solve a problem for another person, right? So it's, it's critically important that as a business owner or as a practitioner, if you're going to be, if you're going to be trying to attract new people into your business so you can serve them and care for them, right? So you've got to be really, really aware that uh, what problems you solve for people, right? So what problems do you love solving for people? What problems are you really great at solving, right? So you've got to get a, a really clear understanding of that. Um, you can't be everything to everyone or you're just warming surfaces, right? So, you know, the expression, the riches are in the niches, right? So you've, you've got to be specific around, it's like, okay, really specifically, like, like, what am I really good at? Like, what do I love doing? What problems do I solve for people? What types of problems do I love to solve? What are the types of people that show up here with what types of problems do I love? Wearing? Like the more clarity you have around that is like, ultimately, if you recognize the purpose of a business is to solve a problem for another person. We add value by solving problems for other people. So it gives you this perspective of like, well, okay, so in marketing, I want to be talking to those people. Okay, so you have to have total clarity around exactly what problems do we solve? What do I love to solve? And what type of people do I want to attract into the business? And conversely, what type of people do I want to compel to, to excuse me, repel so that they don't come into the business, right? So in other words, I want to compel some people to pick up the phone or click the link or walk in the door. And I want to repel those that just don't fit into our system, right? So uh, get clear on those things. So your market message can reach those people that are out there looking for you, okay? So to recognize that at any given point in time, about 20% of people in your community are actively looking for a solution. So you're surrounded by new patients, right? So they've got you surrounded. They're everywhere, right? There's no shortage of sickness and suffering, unfortunately, in our world today. The question is, is are you cutting through the noise and reaching your ideal client, your ideal patient, your ideal customer, however you view them, right? So you've got to be able to cut through that noise with a clear and crisp message that says, hey, he's talking about me and that's the thing and now's the time, right? So when those three things overlap like a Venn diagram, that's when they click the link and come in. So when it comes to marketing, this is an incredibly important thought exercise to get super clear on those things. So once you have that market message and you know, you've got this market promise, part of that market promise needs to be a unique success proposition, not just a unique selling proposition. Like you gotta get clear on all these things and a full conversation here or, or, or a seminar or a session around this is probably outside of the scope of this conversation. But the reality is, is that you gotta do your homework on this and you gotta get really clear on that, right? So, and then the chances are, if you're a healthcare provider, you probably shouldn't be your marketing director or your marketing manager. So that's about getting that right person in the right seat. So you should have somebody in your business that is your marketing director or and or your marketing manager. Marketing director is the strategist. They put together the plan. The marketing manager executes the plan, right? So these are all sort of layers of this marketing puzzle. 
Um, but ultimately, it gets right back to that personnel question. Do you have the right person in the right seat doing the right work the right way? Great. Follow up to that. And I actually want to mention the tool that you're providing to everybody. We'll have the link for this in the show notes, but it's the uh, CEO marketing report. You have some KPIs in here. and I've talked with many practice owners um, that they have a marketing person on board. They think that marketing person is checking the boxes because there's a maybe a newsletter uh, a newsletter that's emailed out once a quarter or something like that. So they're checking the boxes, but they're not sure how to weigh whether that person's successful or not that's doing their marketing. Can you talk through the tool and relate to how you help an owner see um, if the right person is in the right seat, doing the right things the right way? That's right. So most um, most of us listening to this right now, um, you're probably an owner operator, right? You're probably the practitioner that's still delivering the care in your practice, right? So um, at this point, you know, if you are still doing the marketing, it's probably a pretty good sign that you're still a control freak around this, right? So, you know, I'm a recovering control freak. So I say that with a smile, right? So, you know, I'm, I've got this terrible combination of control freak, perfectionist, Clydesdale, you know, operator. It's like, I love to do it myself, but, and it's sphincteric when you just trust somebody else to do something, right? So, I know what you mean and what you're thinking when you say that, right? So it's like, this is this is a scary proposition to be able to trust somebody else to do something. So, you know, like Ronald Reagan famously said, trust, but verify, right? So the part of delegation mastery is creating clear job descriptions and clear expectations and agreements, including things like scorecards and KPIs, et cetera. So um, short story is, Chad, you got to be able to set up your reporting systems, and your meeting rhythms in such a way that you get the control that you want. You've got to satisfy your want for control. So reporting systems will give you visibility into your business. And, re and the meetings, meeting rhythms are going to give you the accountability that you desire, right? So those are the two things we really want. We call it control, right? Because we're used to doing it ourselves, which gave us visibility and accountability because we were the one actually doing it. As soon as you delegate it, you need reporting systems that give you visibility and meeting rhythms that create accountability, right? So I'm sharing with you guys one of our tools. We have we have a program called the Remarkable CEO, which is for that owner operator who is looking to make the ascension from owner operator to CEO, uh, to go from laborer to leader, to turn their job into a business. This is one of our six fundamental tools that we use um, to uh, to accomplish that, to achieve that. So I'm happy to give it to you guys and. Hopefully, you know, you'll understand it just at first glance, but the reality is, is you've got to have a way to set goals, intelligent, smart goals for what you're trying to accomplish through your marketing, and then have a, a, a way to objectively quantify the outcomes, right? So we will organize our marketing into internal, external, and digital efforts or initiatives. So internal marketing is when you're getting referrals from your existing patients, External marketing is when you're doing things outside of your practice that are not web-based, you know, networking, power professional relationships, your signage, you know, spinal screenings, corporate wellness, whatever it is. And then there's digital, which is, you know, your website, SEO, uh, your social presence, email marketing, et cetera, ads, right? That's all digital marketing. So we segment our marketing initiatives, budget, and metrics into internal, external, and digital marketing. And the marketing manager executes the plan and they're accountable 
to what were our goals for leads and what were our outcomes, what were our goals for our conversions and you know new patients and what were what was the ROI or the return on investment in that. So I have the peace of mind that comes with if I were to doing it all myself because I have the visibility and accountability and ultimately that's what we all want productivity and peace of mind. Great. And just uh, to put the tool within context, you've worked with over 5,000 chiropractors have scaled over 500 practices. So this tool is well flushed out. You've used it. It not only helped you grow and scale, but help other DCs do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. All of our tools have been through the rigor. I've been doing this, you know, I'm personally, I've been doing this for 26 years and I've been teaching others how to do it for 15 years. So you're seeing like version 15. This is not, this is not a new idea. Yeah. 2.0 is my favorite. <laughs> That's great. So uh, the other thing that I want to ask you about, which we were talking about beforehand, was uh, r- right now we're in the middle of, uh, I've heard, stagflation, inflation, recession, all these complex economic things that are thrown out there. Essentially, our costs are going up. For some of us, our revenue is going down. Um, and you have recently talked about the five counterintuitive intuitive opportunities that uh, come with economic uncertainty. What are they? And can you at least highlight or expound on on one of those for us? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the attitude we take here is critical, right? Especially as leaders, because, you know, the team's looking at you, uh, your community's looking at you, and that includes your teams, your patients, and people outside of the office. So, you know, um, we were joking beforehand, Chad, that we, we've we all kind of come limping out of this last two-year COVID catastrophe, right? So, uh, that was a 15 round heavyweight match, right? And so, and uh, I mean, our thankfully, by the grace of God, uh, you know, chiropractic in general, and definitely our remarkable practice doctors, you know, we did fantastically through this. I'm so proud how we navigated it productively, profitably, et cetera. But my goodness, wasn't it nice to take a bit of a breather in the last 12 months? It just kind of felt like the, um, I won't call it the new normal. I refuse to use that term, but there was a normalization, right? It was, there was a renaissance period, right? So the last 12 months, the world has opened back up. People have dumped back into the marketplace. Hopefully, the, you know, everybody's dumping back into your marketplace, right? So, you know, now we're facing a future that's uncertain, right? So in any period of uncertainty, definitely economic uncertainty, what you have to recognize is there's an energy to that, right? And wherever there's energy, there's opportunity, okay? So we all know that fortunes are made in the downturn, right? So we all know that, right? So we say it. And if you really believe that, which you don't have to believe, you can understand this historical precedence for all of us, right? So if you know that fortunes are made in the downturn, shouldn't we be looking forward to that? (laughs) Like, and this is not some sick and twist. I mean, I'm a pathological optimist, right? So I'm looking forward to being like, okay, there's a fortune to be made. I'm ready. Let's do this, right? So you know, there's something to be said for looking forward with this, um, this, this perspective of optimism and opportunity, right? So I want to give people just a, a lens to look at this into this future. Who knows whether it's happening right now or it's happening in the next three months, three years, whatever. Nobody knows how long it'll go or how deep it'll go, what have you. But regardless, I, these five things hold true. These are what I call the five counter and counterintuitive opportunities in front of us. Now, the first one is. What an awesome opportunity for you to check yourself on where I started, which is checking yourself on your brand and your brand positioning in the marketplace. Okay, so your brand is not what you say about your business to your community. It's what your community says about your business. So if I were to tour your community, includes your team, your patients, and those people that are prospective new patients in your community, what do they say about your practice? 
do, are they, do they know you're there? Do they know who you are, what you do and why you do it? What do they say about it, right? So ask yourself, like, what a perfect opportunity to audit. What is, what is my brand positioning in my marketplace, right? And what a great opportunity to sharpen that up, right? To make sure that if we recognize that, you know, one of the industries that is recession-proof, if we want to use that term that everybody else seems to be using, is healthcare. So, you know, people use healthcare more when there's periods of stress. So the question is, is like, as stress increases, health decreases. So shouldn't your volume and, in, and your activity increase? Your business should be growing, right? As there's a greater need. It's all a question of, are you positioned properly? So I'd say that first one is check yourself on your positioning, right? So I know that as a chiropractor, you know, the chiropractor is the expert in clearing the nervous system, right? So that's, that's what we do. Everybody thinks we're back doctors or spine doctors or whatever. It's like the, the spine is our anatomical focus because the spine houses and protects the nervous system, right? So ultimately, as you know, the nervous system, we live our lives through our nervous system, right? The, the, the job of the nervous system is to help you adapt and cope with stress, right? So, you know, the definition of wellness is the body's ability to adapt readily and appropriately to stress. So does your community know that that's what you do? Like you are the expert in making sure the nervous system is optimized in its ability to cope with and deal with stress. Because guess what? Everybody's going to be stressed. Everybody is stressed now. They know they're going to be more stressed. So as stress goes up, so should your volume. Number two, a common mistake that businesses make is during times of economic uncertainty, they try to control the outflows of money in their business, right? So you've got inflows of money, you've got outflows of money, and you've got profit. Inflows of money are the business that you do, your revenues, paid services rendered, right? Outflows of money, your expenses, your costs to run your business. The leftover is called your profit. Now, if things are uncertain, we're uncertain about the inflows of money. We're pretty certain about our costs and expenses will still be there, right? So what they try to do is they try to game it and they say, well, I'm going to try to reduce my costs. So the first thing that goes is their marketing budget, their marketing spend. They contract, they pull back on their marketing spend. What a mistake that is. So because that's a general practice and it's proven to be true, right? It's a, it's a fatal mistake for so many businesses, right? So, but think about it. Um, as people surrounding businesses start pulling back on their marketing spend, um, the din in the marketplace will quiet, right? So as things get quiet, this is when you want to ramp up your marketing, right? So you want to be a loud voice in the marketplace as that marketplace gets quieter and quieter, okay? So you're going to get the double whammy here because you're going to get more bang for your buck, especially when it comes to like digital marketing, for example, okay? So ramp up your marketing. Number two, Number three, another fatal mistake that businesses make in times of economic uncertainty is they try to control the outflows of payroll, okay? So what they'll start doing is laying off their people, okay? Even great people. Now, Chad, I know you're like me in that you're, you know, you're probably hiring people all the time. Um, I own another business. It's a placement um, business for chiropractic specifically. It's called Chiro Matchmakers. We help doctors hire other doctors and they hire, we hire staff people, chiropractic assistants, office managers, marketing people, et cetera. So I have a deep expertise in this space. And what I can tell you is there's never been a more challenging hiring environment than what we've seen in the last eight months. Okay. So there isn't even a historical precedent for it. Okay. Anybody who is trying to hire and find A players right now is nodding their head as they listen. This is like, oh my gosh, this has been incredible. Right. So 
that's about to change. Okay. So as people lay off their people, especially big companies, especially privately held companies where they have to quarterly answer to their shareholders, their stakeholders on profitability, they'll lay off people. Okay. It's one of the first things they do. So the, the talent pool, as people dump back into that talent pool, which has been very shallow for the last year, this is the time to invest in building your world-class team. Now, we all know the difference between working in our business and working on our business, right? I'm going to invite you to work above your business. So we teach taking a three-year view of your business and let all your decisions be driven by your three-year view of your business, okay? Now is the time to seize the opportunity, seize the day, carpe diem, as my dad loves to say. Carpe diem, man, scoop up those A players and build that world-class team you've always wanted. If you're wondering how do you invest in your business, invest in your team. It's the best time, energy, and focus, and money you can ever spend. Number four, there's a mistake that business have, businesses have made in the past, and there's historical precedents for this, where they cut their prices. Everything goes on sale. They start slashing prices as they desperately try to cl claw, claw on and hold on to their market share, right? And this is a terrible mistake. You can look back 2008, 2009, 2010 businesses that tried to do this, they never made it out of the downturn, right? This is called the race to the bottom, right? So this is a terrible strategy. These are inflationary times, okay? Everybody's paying more for everything. Why shouldn't they be paying more for your services? It's not, it's never a question of price. It's always a question of value, okay? So getting back to the point number one, check yourself on your brand, right? It's always a question of value. And we all know the truth. This is a 20, 60, 20 rule. 20% of people, they're gonna leave you anyway, Okay, 20% of the people on the other end of the spectrum, you couldn't charge enough to make them leave. It's really the 60% of your patient base, your client base in the middle that you need to pay attention to and find out what will that market tolerate, right? So increase your prices, don't decrease your prices. This is the perfect time to increase your prices as counterintuitive as that may feel. And then during the upturn, where do you see what happens? Okay, so historically, like there's a, there's a recession every seven years historically. Interestingly, we haven't had one in 14 years. So we are overdue, right? So there's historical presence. Guys, all you have to do is study. The best predictor of tomorrow's weather is yesterday's weather. Okay, so if you look back, this is exactly what the most successful businesses do. They don't drop their prices. They increase their prices. This is an inflationary period. Okay, number five is for... Most of you listening, you're probably entrepreneurial in nature, okay? If you're listening to this top type of podcast, which is awesome, you're my people, okay? So, but there's a whole continuum of healthcare providers that we've identified, right? So, and I like to separate it first in half, split it right in half. On the right-hand side of the continuum, you've got these awesome people who are like, man, I love the doctoring. I love caring for patients. I love doing consultation. I love educating my patients. I love doing exams and analysis. I love delivering healthcare and getting better health outcomes for people. Man, I love that. So passionate about that one-on-one. -on -one. I love my method. I love my methodology. I love my technique. I love the hands-on. I love the doctoring. But that whole hiring and firing thing, that whole making it rain and marketing and selling, ooh, God, like I'm allergic to all that stuff. Like some of you are listening right now and smiling because you're like, yeah, that's me, right? Most of us got into got into healthcare because we wanted to help people. But then about two thirds of the way through school, we had a holy shit moment when we realized, holy shit, I'm gonna also have to own a business and start a business. I actually have to be great at two things. 
And then the other half of us were like, holy shit, I get to be a doctor and own a business, right? So you can hear that there's a little bit of a different tone there, right? So the other half, they love taking care of patients. They love the doctoring and they love to build businesses. We call them business builders, right? Now, a portion of those that of that other half, about 15% of us are actually entrepreneurial, okay? So entrepreneurial, right? So these are those business, those business builders who have a high risk tolerance and you have to be the boss. You love the challenge of starting something from vapor. You love the idea of hiring teams, building world-class teams, taking something that never existed before and realizing and manifesting a vision. Vision. You love the risk, it charges you up, right? So you wouldn't do it if there wasn't risk, right? You love the if-then scenarios and the risk-reward profiles, right? So if this is you, the entrepreneurs, I'm speaking to you on this number five. The good portion of our professions, um, they can't stand another heavyweight match. If things get crazy, if things get weird economically, there's going to be a lot of practices, a lot of businesses that are going to fail or be failing. And, you know, frankly, we can't afford to lose one brother or sister out there. So I believe that the responsibility and the job description of a CEO, a real leader, is to create environments where people are going to be more successful with you than without you. So if you know that's you, I'm talking to you right now, it's time for you to open your eyes and look around and realize that this may be time for you to build an enterprise. This may be time for you to look at acquisition, to look at businesses and practices that you could actually acquire, that you could buy and build your enterprise. Chad, I'm super excited. Fortunes are made in the downturn and um, I'm excited about all the opportunities in front of us. Dr. Stephen Franson, you are a gem, man. I, um, I did not know that you were gonna go there for the very end, but I was thinking, exactly where you went with number five. Um, yeah, tremendous opportunity in the downturn, uh, especially for the business builders. Love what you said here. Uh, you shared so much with us. You covered uh, multiple systems, did a deep dive in marketing, lead generation, also team building, and then sharing the uh, five counterintuitive opportunities uh, during economic uncertainty. Thank you so much for everything that, you, that you're doing here um, in your career, helping uh, private practice owners grow their practice. Uh, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. Man, it's just been my pleasure. Um, I, I'd love to give away a copy of my book. Uh, I know you're going to have show notes here, so I'll do a signed copy. Um, I'm happy to do that. The first person that writes remarkable in all caps, uh, just let Chad know. And uh, Chad, I'll just need an address. We'll send that out to you. And uh, uh, follow us on the Remarkable CEO podcast. If you're a podcast listener, we'd love to have you. If you liked today, you're going to love what we cover in the Remarkable CEO podcast. We'd love to see you over there. Is that the best place for people to find you at or follow you? Uh, you know what? We're Our Facebook group is awesome. So we've got the Remarkable Practice. We've got a free private group there. You can follow me on Instagram. It's Dr. Stephen F. So Dr. Stephen with a PHF. So at Dr. Stephen F. At the Remarkable Practice. But man, I would love to have you guys following us uh, on our podcast. So uh, the Remarkable CEO podcast for chiropractors. Heard it here first. Thank you so much, Dr. Steven. This has been great. Thanks, Chad. My pleasure, brother. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.